Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester, and with me, as always, is Akiva Wienerker. Akiva, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to finish up this bracket. Are you excited about your Jets signing, Matt Forte? Yeah, I think it's a fine. I, I saw Bill Barnwell gave it a C plus, but uh, it's a little bit more money than you'd like to give a 30 year old running back. I mean, he's probably going to be, you know, I think did Fred Jackson retire? You know, Forte is basically going to be the oldest or second oldest running back in the league, starting running back in the league this year. But uh, you know, he his skill set ages well in that he's you know, pass catching, like at worst, he's a very good third down back. So $4 million a year is not exactly a tremendous amount of money for a good player. Um, I think uh, the team that I would be most concerned about, uh, I was just thinking about, is the Cleveland Browns. Because when the Jets hired John Idzik, you remember their old GM before Mike uh, McCagnan or however you pronounce his name, um, the Idzik couldn't make any moves. And like all the free agents were gone by the time he was ready to, uh, you know, do anything. And what I saw out of the Browns is, you know, when they have like, they, they hired their, they're basically general counsel as a GM, which maybe gives you hope one day that you could be promoted to GM if you ever were general counsel somewhere, right? Yeah. And, sure. um, and, you know, and, and they hired uh, one of the Jets, uh, the Mets assistant GMs. And uh, it, to me, it's, there's so many cooks in that kitchen that uh, they didn't do anything, and they lost a lot of good players already, and they didn't have a lot of good players to begin with. So the cupboard is really bare there. And I, I, there are reasons why they haven't cut Manziel, but it's a little strange also. Uh, so to me, I would Well, be, I think they're waiting for him to get suspended so that they can get the money from the suspension off the books. Right, but I don't think that's probably going to happen in time for them to be able to do that. I think ultimately they're probably going to have to cut him first. But uh, uh, that's that's probably the team that right now would be most concerned about. The Giants' moves are really strange. They spent so much money which is nice, like it's what the Jets did last year, spend so much money, but it really handicaps you uh, next year when you're going to have to cut legitimately good players and, and make some uncomfortable decisions. So uh, wh- what about the Vikings? How, how are you feeling about the Vikings move so far? Well, the Vikings' biggest move, uh, which was signing Alex Boone, also got a C-plus from Bill Barnwell, which, as I told you, my dad was quite Maybe he's a Comedy Bang Bang fan, because if, yeah. you know, if you listen to the Comedy Bang Bang, C-plus is the uh, highest possible grade. Yeah. Look, first of all, in terms of Forte, uh, I know the Chris Ivory signing also got it. By definition, any running back free agent signing will get a bad grade because investing any money in running backs in this day and age is not a good idea. And look, the Jets had a guy, Chris Ivory, who basically came out of nowhere to be one of the best running backs in football, at least the first half of last season. So, But I think you're right. Forte is a good third down back. For the Vikings, look, I don't pretend to know enough about other teams' offensive linemen to know. 
So the Vikings' biggest needs are offensive line, and then uh, secondarily it would be receiver. So they've signed one offensive lineman, the, the best guard on the market. They lost to the Raiders, and then they turned and got you know Boone as a consolation prize. So I'll I'll hold out hope. I'll give them an incomplete, and we'll see. Hopefully, whether this is supposed to be a very deep draft. Uh, for defensive linemen and maybe offensive linemen, not not well, in general. Well, what I've read is for offensive linemen and receivers, which is the Vikings' two needs. Really, I maybe, so. but not top heavy, but maybe some depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the yeah, but the point is, so yeah. So hopefully the Vikings. In can- general, it's considered a weak draft. Yeah, but I'm looking more like second, third, fourth. Round. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not looking top of the draft. The Vikings aren't at the top of the draft, right. obviously. Uh, okay, so now let me ask you one more thing that maybe will be outdated by the time we post this podcast because it seems like it could be dealt with today. But so the musical chairs of quarterbacks right now, the teams that don't have a QB or aren't happy with their current QB right now are the Jets, the Browns, the Broncos, and the 49ers are in the mix. So, the Kaepernick situation is so weird. Okay, like, I thought so, the whole reason they got Kelly was to, to you know, fix, work with Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. Right, you're not going to get, maybe outside of the draft, where you could get a guy with huge upside, you're not just going to randomly get a quarterback better than, than Kaepernick. So forgetting about where it happens, what, so let's take it from the Jets' perspective, because I'm a Jets fan. If you're the Jets, do you would you give up the twentieth pick in the draft, your first round pick for Kaepernick, who's making fifteen million dollars a year? Right now, what they're what they're reporting in the last hour is that it's a three way shindig between the Jets, Browns, and Broncos. And listen, the Niners will trade it to whoever offers a better pick. The Jets have better picks in every round than the Broncos, so the Jets can always top the Broncos' offer. The- I would I, I would not trade the twentieth overall pick for him. I don't think so. But because- let me make an argument: if we can't okay. so- re-sign Fitzpatrick, and less, if the Broncos sign trade for Kaepernick, then the only possible contenders for Fitzpatrick would be San Francisco, which I can't imagine how badly like they might want him, but I'm not can't imagine how badly they're going to go after Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, is that? Kelly's guy, it could be. He's had worse guys, you know, or the Browns who don't seem to be super high in Fitzpatrick. If Kaepernick, who is horrendous this year, but if he could get back anywhere near even just the 2014 standard. Anyway, he, well, he wasn't horrendous to be. Oh, fair. he was really bad this year. Look up his numbers. The, the Jets were 10 and 6 with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was a nobody, right? Yeah, because yeah. If, if they had good enough receivers, I mean, they had great receivers. I mean, they have a great offensive line. And that's why you plugged in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is, you know, sort of the definition of a journeyman. And they went 10 and 6. So that you that argument could go two ways. Either that's an argument why you don't really need to invest in a quarterback, or that's an argument why, well, if you get Kaepernick and he's back to his old self, then this is a Super Bowl team. Yeah, I, I think it's worth the risk. I think you have nothing until you have a quarterback. I mean, it's a weird time to say this, that we just had a, a quarterback who is beyond shot win the Super Bowl, but we don't have the Broncos defense. Nobody, you know, the Broncos defense was, if not historically good, then at least the best of the last few years. So if you don't have an A++ defense, then I don't know. And and truthfully, the Jets look like they're probably going to have to trade Mo Wilkerson, who's one of the best defensive players in the NFL, just because his, you know, this is the last year of his deal. They franchised him, but they're not going to be able to afford him. And Kaepernick makes $15 million. So they'd literally have to trade somebody like that just to put him under the cap, which they're basically at right now, the Jets. Uh, all right, so it's fun to talk football, but let's get into what the people are here for. No, they're probably here for football, but let's talk. Let's finish the greatest living American bracket. But before we do, well, at least let's let's get into the second round. You know, yeah, finishing, I, that's a big I'd promise. like to finish. Well, let's not promise, but I, I, I yeah. hope to finish next week. I'd like to talk some March Madness. Are we going to discuss the Peyton Manning retirement or no? Yeah, happy. We've happy, talked about it enough, I yeah, think. Yeah, happy trails, Peyton Manning. Okay, yeah. but uh, is there anyone egregious that we left out? And the only person, I first of all, there's the egregious Philbin. Uh, Robbie's yeah. uh, housemate. 
Uh, R.I.P. Harris Whittles. That's a, that's a Harris Whittles joke. Okay, so here's the six people I have as were big misses by us, and we did well. I think in terms of uh, racial diversity, and we weren't we weren't making any picks based on like, oh, well, this guy's a woman. We need to have a man, and you know, we're a woman in the next round, or we need to have more African American people in round, you know, in, make the next round. But now looking at the f- the the round of thirty two as a whole, I think we have twenty five men and seven women. Yeah, so I emailed you the demographic breakdown of the final 32. Mm -hmm. Gender-wise, 25 men, 7 women, which is not ideal. Uh, But, you know, but to be fair, the reality is that in high-profile positions across the world, there are more men than women. You know, we we live in a sexist society, and we're reflecting that sort of in this bracket. You know, we would like to have more women, but the reality is, you know, the leaders in most industries are not women. And that might not be right, but that is the reality right now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, In race, we had 20 uh, whites. Uh, 12 blacks pretty good breakdown there uh you know yeah no, but, but uh, no hispanics and no asians which yeah, is not yeah. a great job but, no no asian americans no latinos no but who, Native americans. but who did we miss really is the question who is the obvious you know well, person and that we, we missed and we, we, we had people in the 64 oh, we had a lot of people in yeah, the 64 yeah. but who you know who did we miss yeah, anyway, you know i think like yo-yo ma got a victory he just you know in, in the uh, in the playing round right that's true a good point round, you know, um all right so here's the six people i have as some of them should have been on. Some for sure should be on. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger for sure should have made the 68. Governor of California, coupled with like the greatest bodybuilder of all time, coupled with like an A-list movie star. I feel like those things go together. I don't know how no, many. he's not an A-list movie star anymore. He, he was. No, of course not. Years. Of course not. But, but was, yeah, but he was in the 80s. And the yeah, 90s. for sure. So to me, all those things combined, I think uh, you have to you have to put him on the uh, on the list. Um, okay. I, I don't have a strong opinion there. Well, I mean, he has to be there. He's got, you know, he's All right. okay. Okay. Ellen DeGeneres, I feel like is a, a gay icon, a comedian. We didn't have a single comedian. Yeah, you not- made a joke. You made a joke about me picking Ellen in the podcast, which I didn't really get. What did I say? Uh, but, oh, you said to Antonio, should any comedian be on here? Alex really wanted Ellen. That's not and a I- joke. Oh, well, I had oh, never listen, very her. successful TV. I thought you did. Maybe somebody else said Ellen. Then. Um, uh, 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 I, th- I thought you were making some kind of joke like I'm a big Ellen fan, which I no, didn't really get because <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. But um, oh, OK, I have no opinion about Ellen. So I thought, no, I think, I, you know, she you know, it was it was a big deal when when uh, with her show that when. Yeah, when I remember she that, came yeah. out on when, the when show she, and she, I think Oprah was her the, therapist, uh, right? Did I have a fever dream that Oprah was her therapist on the show or did that happen? The, the way that she came out on the show was that she like leaned into an open mic by mistake at an airport or something and so like everybody heard that was sort of the the comedic aspect of it i don't really oh okay we were like we were like 12 at the time yeah it was a big deal this pilot guy chuck yeager another a guy for sure should have made it billy graham who you had pitched for religious leaders i hadn't picked one so i kind of left them all out but billy graham the more i looked into it for sure should have been there uh martina navratilova i think should have been on the list she's a big activist who uh, also is you know, at worst, like the third best women's player and possibly the best. You know, you think she was 50 and 0 in the Fed Cup, which is like the Davis Cup for women, which no one cares about. But was it was like the best doubles player when she came back at age 48. Uh, Gloria Steinem. People said Gloria Steinem also. Yeah, I had mentioned Gloria Steinem to you right after we recorded. Yeah, that was a miss. So some of those people could have gone. I, look, I thought I thought I thought Billy Graham was an obvious. To be honest, I sort of thought he was dead, and then I looked it up, and he's like ninety seven. Yeah, he's very old. He's very old. Yeah, but I mean, but he was so. In, I mean, look, he literally met every president for sixty years. He was a huge deal, and now you don't hear about him as much because he's really old, and his son is you know sort of a half the man that he is. But he was an obvious miss. I think also Rick Warren was an okay. Miss and yeah. So I mentioned some of the demographics of the final thirty two in terms of their primary field. We have seven who are in politics slash government. And the way I'm doing this is I gave a, 
I, I split John Glenn half between politics and half between science because he's both an astronaut and, and a senator. And then uh, Mike Bloomberg, I also split half between politics and half between business, although you could also maybe he also belongs in media. So we have seven, including two halves, who their primary field is politics, six for sports, four for film, three and a half for business, which includes half of Bloomberg, as I said, three for music, two for media, two authors. Uh, that's I put Ellie Wazell in authors, one and a half for science, uh, one painter, one lawyer and one uh, fashion. So that's that's the primary field demographics breakdown. Yeah, so we don't have any in religion per se. Um, speaking of religion, uh, our 32 includes six Jews, one Muslim, and uh, one, one uh, K- Kabbalist or whatever the hell you want to call Madonna. And then the rest are, are either Christian or, or non-identified. There's a hot take calling Obama Muslim there. Uh. <laughs> okay indeed let's, let's get into that's yeah, muhammad so, ali i imagine yeah Muhammad, muhammad ali. Yeah. okay yeah. um all right so to get to uh now 32 if you want to follow along i think we've both tweeted out the bracket as of the round of 32 but let's get started with the uh with the matchups here then the ncaa tournament never really came up with a good name for the round of 32 yeah so when i was a kid i used to call it the thrifty 32 which is obviously a terrible name uh, is that why you had no friends yeah <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the reason you don't really need a name for it is because the round of 32 only exists for one day. But then again, the Elite Eight, the Elite Eight only exists for one day, right? In other words, because you know you, you have the first round matchups on Thursday, Friday, and then at Friday night, you have the round of 32, and then Saturday morning, immediately you get down to the Sweet 16. So I don't it, know. It what exist. did you just say? I've, oh, wh- I don't know what you're saying. I used to mean for... Uh... In March Madness, right? Yeah. How long does each round... Does each grouping last? You have the sixty-four for an entire week from Selection Sunday okay. until Thursday. So thirty-two, right? you you're at 32, thirty-two Friday night only exists. Yeah, thirty-two only exists for Friday night, and then Saturday immediately start getting down to the Sweet Sixteen. Then the Sweet Sixteen lasts for a whole week again. Okay, so you can talk about being in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, I got then, it. then then the Final Four lasts. And the Elite week. Eight wasn't yeah. always called the, like that. Has I don't think it was called the Elite Eight when when yeah. I was really young. So yeah, so the, yeah, so the Elite Eight and the round of thirty-two as a grouping only lasts for one night. Is yeah. what I'm saying. Well, two so that's ni- why two nights really have a name. Two nights, but I hear what you're saying. No one one night. Why? Because they're down to twenty-four after the first night. Yeah, there's teams who are into the Sweet Sixteen. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So so on Thursday you can say we're into the Thrifty Thirty Two or whatever the hell you want. Nobody. To call it, no. But... No one wants to call it that. Yeah. Well, what else starts with the th? That's the challenge. It doesn't right? matter. Okay. Well, Let's, unless okay. you want to rhyme something with thirty-two, I guess you know the yeah the the, the birdie blue thirty-two. I don't really know. God, <laughs> just cut that out. Okay, George H. W. Bush versus painter Jasper Johns. Jasper okay, Johns. So, so hold on. So the other thing I just need to mention here is you know we were debating who we should have as a guest to be our third judge oh, last yeah. week. We had Antonio Mazzaro, of course. So well, I, I asked. Well, you, I asked. I asked Antonio, and uh, we just we are very we're on a very specific time. We couldn't work it out. Well, and we also. eliminated people. For, super fan Robbie, for example, got eliminated for sending. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, banned right now, <laughs> temporarily banned. He's on he's he's in timeout because he yeah he was upset. We actually I had some complaints that the podcast was too liberal or too political, I maybe more um, from some people. But but Robbie's uh, protest went too far. What was it? Yeah, <laughs> it was a, a, a an NSFW photo. Let's just leave it. At yeah, that. N- not cool, Robbie. Yeah. So anyway, so I proposed that what we should do is as a tiebreaker, we'll turn to Twitter polls. So we'll go through these 32 and we'll see how many we disagree with. And if we disagree, we'll, we'll throw it up on a Twitter poll and let the fans decide. And uh, you vociferously argued that what we should do is vociferously argue. Yes. And that we have to fight it out yeah. until one of us concedes. until one of us gives up. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the whole point of this podcast is that we're arguing. So I think so. So, so I strategically sense. decided to give in on that argument. 
so that hopefully I can uh, build some reservoir to win good. some future. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good strategy. I like it. All right, yeah. so, so we so don't I have a third person. I do. Antonio was kind enough to send us his uh, hot takes for this round of 32. As we realized, he couldn't do it the whole way through because that would have been literally, I mean, that would have been quite. So he gave his opinion on the, the round of 32 matchups, but didn't give his opinion on every subsequent matchup because that would literally be into the millions. It would be impossible. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if, it, I don't even know if it's millions, but yes. Yeah. Although I would say that most of these Thir- round of 32 matchups are pretty clear cut, I yes. think. I think once we yeah. get to the round of 16, it's going to be a bloodbath. So let's see how yeah. fast and, and we also, can get just through this. And looking at the bracket overall, mm-hmm. I think clearly the, the lower right quadrant. Yes. I don't know if we named our quadrants, but that's let's, Well, let's name the them as we go. All right. So in the upper left, we have George H.W. Bush, Jasper Johns, Meryl Streep, Sandra Day O'Connor, Willie Mays, Bill Gates, Anna Wintour, and Oprah Winfrey. What jumps out to me about this group is that they're all pretty old. So maybe we should, maybe we call this the uh, the senior. But also four of four of our seven women are up here too. Yeah. So I I would call this the uh, maybe the senior. All right. You know seniors. what? I just decided that naming the brackets is not going to be funny. So let's okay. keep going. <laughs> All, right. All right. George H W Bush first Jap- Jasper Johns top of the bracket here. To me, this is a no brainer. I feel like uh, so I, we're going to mention this article a couple times today. Uh, your probably favorite person in the whole world besides me, Jeffrey Goldberg wrote a very long article today that was a million different conversations that he had with President Obama about foreign policy over the last few months. And one thing that was interesting in the article, you read the whole article already, I'm sure, right? Yep. Oh, probably twice. And It was quite long, but You yes, loved it. it. And um, it was that President Obama is really a pretty big fan of the original uh, George Bush's foreign policy. Yeah, and Brent Scrocroft. And, you know, this is something that I mentioned a little bit on the podcast last week, that that George H.W. Bush has really been elevated his reputation, mm-hmm. including in, in sort of in Democratic, in liberal circles, especially, of course, I think in all circles compared to his son. But the reality is that J- Jasper Johns, how he made it to the final 32 is a good question. Uh, and I'm actually looking and, and he did it undefeated. He went undefeated in his playing game and in his first round matchup. So yeah. so good on Jasper Johns. Yeah, but, and but he really, it's shocking. Like if he really is the undisputed best American sort of like artist, he should be famous and he's not at all famous. But also art is not a thing. In that in this country, maybe in France, you'd you'd have an artist no, but, make but, the no, final. No, four. what I'm saying is, uh, but art's not a thing where you can have an objective best. You know, I understand, but you can have no like a number. Or, yeah, or, but you can your stuff can go for the most money. But isn't that isn't that Coons? You know, he's the one who sells like his forty five million dollars. Oh, I don't know. His know. stuff's gone for a lot, but I don't know. Uh, on lists, I saw Jasper Johns as the number one name. Okay, so this is a Jeff t- Coons. You know, he's the one who makes those those giant sculptures that look like um like a like a like a clown makes uh, balloon animals. You know. He's famous for being a balloon animal guy. You know how, like a clown at a kid's birthday party, will make a balloon animal of a dog. No, let's go. So, on. Je- so Jeff Koons makes like huge versions of those made out of metal and sells them for like fifty million dollars. I need a I need a snoring drop for when you say Jeff Koons is always in articles in which artists and sort of art critics well, today why, lament. I, why do you keep going lament, about Jeff Koons? Lament, lament the because he's the most famous artist in America. Today. Okay, well about- Jasper John's already eliminated. We're on to the next matchup. Oh, okay, all right, all right. So we have Sandra Day O'Connor against the actress Meryl Streep. Uh, to me, I, I feel like there's no art. Oh, so let me actually let me go back. Let's let me read Antonio's uh, take. So for for John's H uh, Herbert Walker Bush, he actually had Jasper Johns. He said Johns did more for America's iconic image than HWB did for America's actual image. Okay. All right, I think that Antonio eliminated himself as a judge by voting for Jasper Johns. No, no. Listen, we put Jasper Johns in the thirty-two. <laughs> okay, and then Meryl Streep for uh, SDOC. He's got. Sanders Day Connor in a walk. Streep is a fantastic, a fantastic actress, he says. Her biggest impact would be cultural, but it's hard to argue that 
through votes and opinions, Sandra Day O'Connor's actions didn't have a bigger cultural impact on America. I agree. Sandra Day O'Connor, welcome to the round of 16, unless Chester argues, which I don't think he's going to. Well, here's the thing I'm going to say about Meryl Streep. Warning. Hot take approaching. I think, and and I'm going to get like knocked down by lightning when I say this, but I think she's a little overrated. Okay. In the sense that because everybody loves her, everybody sort of has to love her, if you know what I mean. Commercially, she's not huge. You know, she's not a big name on movies. She's a critical darling. And she's almost at the point in her career where any role she does automatically is going to get nominated for an Oscar. Sort of, you said, similar to Spielberg. Any movie he makes is going to get nominated for an Oscar. And obviously, I think she is a really, really fantastic artist, but she's not a huge name the way that no she can't headline like a movie, robert de niro really. robert de niro didn't even make this list which to me is kind of crazy he was a big miss except that we had too many actors already, yeah, so yeah he was he go. was uh, originally he was uh, he was near the list but he there yeah. were way too many actors it was way too many hollywood people yeah you know i think he should have been on instead of will smith and him against meryl streep would have been a fantastic first round matchup that would be good yeah, but, but yeah, you're right but he's think- not he she doesn't care like she's great in movies but there it's not she's never getting like very rarely getting first billing in like a big hollywood movie yeah, either way, uh, I clearly agree that um, Sandra Day O'Connor should advance over Meryl Streep. Okay, Willie Mays versus Bill Gates. Now, uh, someone was really mad that we didn't have Hank Aaron in the ballot. What do you think about that? There's no way you can put Hank Aaron above Willie Mays. Right, so right, right. If there's someone who's demonstrably worse than someone else in the ballot, I think they just can't be there. Like, Magic Johnson was worse at basketball than Michael Jordan, but he got on because he has some cultural impact and stuff like that. Yeah, and Hank Aaron had that also, for sure. Hank Aaron was probably just a little bit below Mays and Mantle as sort of the third best player in that era. And, and he was probably closer, frankly, uh, to, to Clemente and Rose and a, a bunch of guys who are sort of a little bit of a tier below. Hank, Look, Hank Aaron is one of the greatest, let's say, 30 or 40 baseball players of all time, for sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have Willie Mays already. Yeah, so uh, Bill Gates, to me, in a walk here. By the way, we didn't have Jim Brown, which I thought was a mistake. Yeah, you, thought, you had Jim Brown. I, I thought he should have been ahead of you know Peyton Manning. We didn't have or Tom Brady or any other quarterback, frankly. It's not a bad point. But either way, either way Bill Gates is winning this matchup. Bill Gates. Uh, Anna Wintour versus Oprah Winfrey. To me, it's Oprah by far. Uh, I didn't want Anna Wintour in the round of 16. Uh, I, you know, I, in the round of 32. I think fashion is garbage. And welcome to the round of 16, Oprah. I will not give up. I will sit here all day. If you want to, if you want to put Anne Winter in, this podcast will uh, never end. Did you watch that one scene that I had referenced from uh, the Devil Wears Prada? If I say yes, will you move on? Well, I'm going to send it to you because it's actually it is a very. Are you going to make me watch the it. scene before we go on? Yeah, you'll enjoy it. Okay, I'm going to pretend to watch this once once he sends it. Don't worry, guys. Play. All right. So Anne Hathaway is that who this is? It's is talking call. to Meryl Streep. They're so different. And who's the Who's the mm. third person? You know who that is? The redhead? No, I don't know who that is. Okay. So she makes a joke about that. funny. And they're not happy. No. No, no. Did you no, see this movie? You know, it's just the... Yes, of course. With your wife. Like, she forced you to watch it or you watched it on your own? You know, I'm still... No, I watched it on my own. Okay. Learning about this stuff and... Uh, this. Oh, boy. She just pulled this is Anna Wint- This is Anna Wintour oh. and Meryl Streep, two of our final 32. Okay. Anna Wintour's in the scene? I think this has nothing to do with you. No, Meryl Streep is playing Anna Wintour. Oh, I get it. go to your closet... And you select, Ooh, I don't know, that lumpy blue sweater, for instance, because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back. But what you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue. It's not turquoise. It's not lapis. It's actually cerulean. Okay. And you're also blithely unaware of the fact that 
She's saying a lot of fashion facts. In 2002, Oscar de la Renta did a collection of cerulean They're gowns. Kind of boring. And then I think it was Yves Saint Laurent, wasn't Luckily, it? the scene's over in 30 seconds. I'm not sure jacket. why we're watching this. I think this. we need a jacket here. Mm. And then cerulean, cerulean quickly the showed up in cerulean. the collections of That's eight blue. different designers. Just listen to that. It filtered down through the department stores and then trickled on down into some tragic... Casual oh, corner where you fired out of pathway some clearance bin. However, that blue represents millions of dollars and countless jobs. And it's sort of comical how you think that you've made a choice that exempts you from the fashion industry when, in fact, you're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room. All right. I mean, it's not bad, stuff. but I imagine that's the best scene in the movie. Only a seven thumbs anyway, down. So that, you ever give a movie so that, a thumbs, uh, like a video on YouTube, a thumbs down? I'm sure I have. I don't remember why I have. Yeah, it's maybe got a lot maybe of for comedic maybe for comedic purposes. If I saw a video with like a million thumbs up and no thumbs down, had one. Oh, you know, so you're like troll. the troll of YouTube. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, I'm not saying I am. I'm just saying. All I'm, right, now I'm that I agreed to watch that uh, video, I'm no longer held hostage. Right, we can move over to the next round. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now this is a tough one. Two of the uh, more surprising candidates to be in the round 32. We have a couple athletes as we begin the second quadrant: Serena Williams and Magic Johnson. Yeah. So to me. Not really, you know, more tough than any of the ones in the other bracket. But to me, Magic clearly advances here. Serena yeah. is is not, you know, Magic is one of the, let's say, top seven basketball players of all time. Mm-hmm. Serena, across both genders, also for sure one of the top seven, maybe one of the top three, you know, tennis players of all time. Sure. Top two, maybe even. But basketball, yeah. much bigger influence True. than tennis around right, the world. Right. If we were just and, going by and, best in a sport, then Michael Phelps wins the whole thing, or at least yeah. he's the best athlete. And, 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 he's not. and Serena's cultural influence, you know, is very big, but I think Magic's is bigger. Sure. Warren Buffett versus Barack Obama. You know, a tough matchup for Buffett here. All right, wait, obviously. so we just, so they had this article, and tell me some of your takeaways from Obama and, and what you learned about him that may, maybe makes him better or worse in your eyes from this long Jeffrey Goldberg article today. So... Another guy, Yoni Applebaum, who I by the way, I how does with. how does uh, Goldberg get like he has the the uh, he like can get any interview with any world leader, and he you know he works for the Atlantic, which is like a decent magazine, but I can't imagine as a huge sort of like uh, you know reader base. It's not like the New York Times or anything. So how does he land these interviews? Well, because he's sort of seen as the most influential, especially vis-a-vis Israel and the Middle East, the most influential journalist, frankly. Right, because he can get Netanyahu also. He's the only one that Netanyahu will probably... Well, no, a lot of people will. He's just, you know, he has credibility on all sides. He's, uh-huh. seen, as sort of a, he's seen as sort of a moderate, uh, you know, which means, of course, that people on the right hate him as a self-hating Jew and people on the left hate him as a fascist Zionist. Sure, you know, yeah. So. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, I, I, like you, I know nothing about Star Trek, but I still understood this analysis, which is Yoni Applebaum, who's a, who's a historian at This Harvard, is the best thing you ever said, that you know nothing about Star Trek. Keep going. Yeah, he, he his uh, his take on the cover story. He said Obama is a Spock governing a nation of Kirks. So again, I don't know what a Spock or Kirk I, I is. Hear but I hear what he's saying. Yeah, he's. I very, still understood yeah. what he's saying. He's he sort of prides himself in being sort of hyper rationalist, non emotional, which is also sort of a self fulfilling. It, it's it's a great way to describe yourself. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, and frankly, I like to describe myself that way when it comes to sports and politics. Also, which is you know, let's not look. Or we were talking about NFL free agency. You know, the the uh, the Kirks want to sign big name guys and want to brag about, oh, our team's going to win the Super Bowl because look at all these free agent signings that we just made in March. Whereas the Spock say, you know, like, you know, let's look at this more objectively. So, you know, that's that's obviously a favorable description from Obama's perspective. Mm-hmm. I've been disappointed in Obama's foreign policy for sure. But, you know, Obama would argue it's because 
I sort of want to see emotionally, I want to see him take actions that the question is, do those actions actually have long-term benefits or negatives? So my biggest frustration for sure with the Obama administration vis-a-vis foreign policy has been Syria, where we've basically witnessed a genocide over the last five years. And and I've sort of said things blithely because I'm not a foreign policy expert, like, well, why don't we, you know, enforce a no-fly zone? Now that was obviously before Russia started bombing, because that would basically today that would be going to war with Russia. But I've said that I said that in 2012, for example, during the election uh, between Obama and Romney. And and people like Hillary and other more liberal interventionists have argued for a no-fly zone as well. And so I have people to point to as support. But if somebody if Obama were to say to me, and what what is the benefit of that? I'm not sure how I would answer it other than it just seems to me frustrating that we do nothing as we witness a genocide. I hear what you're saying. And that bright note. Uh, oh, um, <laughs> Wait, what's your take? You asked me my take. Uh, well, hold take? on. Antonio says politics aside, in 100 years, we're all going to be talking about the incredible cultural mo- moment and movements with which Obama is inextricably linked. I do think, you know, the scene of him being elected and people celebrating in the streets throughout uh, the United States is an iconic moment, which will be in the history books. Uh, Warren Buffett is a, certainly an interesting fellow. But uh, he's no match for Obama. So this is a, another route. And uh, welcome yeah. to the round of 16, Barack Obama. Yeah. So here's my comment on Obama. That where do you, well, let me ask you a question. Also, where, if you had to guess right now, assuming nothing interesting happens in the last uh, nine months, uh, where uh, do you think Obama will land on the presidential rankings? Because the economy is doing a lot better right now. Uh, while you could say the United States standing has slipped a little bit in the world, it's still pretty comfortably number one, which who knows what will happen in four or eight years. And it's interesting because you're talking foreign policy because that article was only about foreign policy, but it that's certainly not his main concern. He has, you know, been laser focused mostly on uh, like most presidents are because there's no real active war going on on domestic things, which is uh, his main concern. And uh, his approval ratings is as high as it's been in a couple of years. So where, where do you think he ends up? I mean, there's is, you know, I think ultimately the answer is probably it depends what happens with the healthcare because that's sort of his number one legacy. But I'm curious what you have to say. Yeah. So you mentioned healthcare, and I think on foreign policy, it's the Iran nuclear deal, which he Obama has argued himself. He's, he has said, and it was repeated in, in the Goldberg article today, I'm going to be around in 20 years and I'm going to have a stake in this. You know, th- Right. It was interesting to hear him say that. I, I guess he had said it before yeah. and he was just quoting it, but the, he admitted that the blood will be on his hands if that goes awry. Yeah. Which is... You know, another thing he said in the article, which, again, is meritorious, but again, it's it's from his perspective, obviously, is that he wants to leave a clean slate for the next president, whereas obviously George Bush left him a rather dirty slate, you know, both both in terms of, uh, you know, ongoing wars and the economy, et cetera. Right. But but uh, a, a republic like if Ted Cruz, let's say, gets into office or, you know, Donald Trump is such a wild card, but let's say Ted Cruz got into office, like so much of Obama done for good or bad would be erased immediately possibly you know obviously that would be cruz's agenda one of the ridiculous things which sort of again more sort of objective rational people have been pointing out on twitter repeatedly over the last few months is you watch these debates especially the republican debates and they imply that america is is like going into a tailspin and things are terrible things are better in this country now than they've almost ever been the economy is incredible you know things are going really really you could say in 2000 you know the september 10th 2000 yeah yeah, probably the the 90s things were really good also but oh yeah people people were coming off you know homeless people were becoming, you know, worth being worth a hundred million dollars because they had some startup. Then. Yeah, but uh, but some of that was based, frankly, on an unsustainable, you know, housing market, for example, that ended up, right. you know, screwing us over royally, you know, a decade later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but not not to get too much into that. So anyway, so one of my takes, which I was going to save, but Ben Antonio sort of referenced it, so I'll mention it now. Is 
And I thought this from the day he got elected. And again, this is not a hot take. I'm sure many people thought this. Like Barack Obama is the only president that we've had in, in, in recent years or that we will have who I expect his face to appear on money someday. Now, because we live in such a hyper-partisan era, no matter who you are, and you know this was true for Clinton, and this was true for Bush, and this is true for Obama, and this is 100% going to be true for the next president, whoever it is. Half the country is going to hate them because we're in such a part, hyper-partisan era. And so when you make an argument like Barack Obama, his face is going to be on a dollar bill one day. People are going to be like, oh, no way, you know, because, oh, half the country right. hates Well, it. it's really but, like 40% and 40% yeah. and then there's a middle yeah, of but, 20. But with, yeah, but, it's not like his approval rating is 51%, yeah, but it's in the 60s. Yeah, but with, with the benefit of time, I think that he will be seen more favorably beyond his policies for the cultural and historical and racial impact of his of just his election, frankly. Yeah, and I think his policies, so you asked, I think that he'll probably be – in in the upper half towards the middle, frankly, it, it's hard for any president to crack the top ten unless he wins, like you know, a world war or something like that. You know, like <laughs> like like FDR and uh, you know, and Lincoln, for example, have have huge advantages uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and it's also hard for anybody just because we live in such a partisan era where it's very hard for anybody to get a lot done because of congressional intransigence. So I think that he'll probably be towards the upper half. Look, Bill Clinton has gone down, I think, in the last five or ten years because he's seen, uh, you know, as his triangulation and his policies, which were sort of more revered in the 90s when things were going great. Now people say, well, you know, did he do as much as possible to prevent al-Qaeda? Did he do as much as possible to rein in, you know, sort of or by loosening regulations? You know, he helped to, to lead to some sort of the economic downfall that came a few years later. So, so I think Bill Clinton has gone down a little bit in the last five or ten years in some of these rankings. So it's always hard to know. Look, a guy like Harry Truman, went, uh, when he left office, was seen as one of the worst presidents and now is seen as one of the best presidents. So you never really know uh, over the course of time in history. But I think Obama will be judged mostly favorably. OK, uh, next matchup, Michael Jordan versus Jay-Z. Uh, and when we had Jay-Z versus oh uh, Kanye West would look to Anna Wintour for advice, but Anna Wintour would never look to Kanye West. Well, I like what Antonio had to say here because um, he said the same thing along the lines of, you know, first he says uh, uh, between MG, M- MJ and Jay-Z, most are, uh, both are considered by many to be the greatest alive in their field and both have some unsavory elements and connections, but MJ has by far the, greater Im- the greatest impact. I don't think MJ would ever talk about wearing Jay-Z's shoes or, or anything Jay-Z related. But Jay-Z would, you know, would call himself the Michael Jordan of rappers. So I, I think that's a good argument. Yeah, MJ's post-playing uh, career has not been great. But you said he's still the owner of a professional basketball team that, you know, sucks. has quadrupled in value. Sucks, but it's quadrupled in value since he bought it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you said both Jay-Z. You know, and like it's it, it you can't even we can't even fathom like how big like his like he was big enough that he took one of the biggest companies in the country and basically had his own imprint, which is like half the company. Yeah. That is enormous. Yeah. You know, so his like his impact just in the shoe game still where he's known for his shoes now by by the millennials uh, and not us, the real millennials. The Jumpman logo, so I think, basketball. has more cachet than the NBA, you know, the Jerry West logo, frankly. Yeah. Um, by the way, you know, we're ta- you talked about how he bought a team. And, well, look, all team valuations have skyrocketed. Sort of a funny thing. Trump was bragging that he was offered to buy the New England Patriots in 1988 and he turned it down because it was a bad deal. And I was like, how is that a brag? <laughs> you know, <laughs> any NFL right. franchise has increased like tenfold at least since 1988, if not more, especially the Patriots. Right. And by the way, had he. Um, oh, Patriots fans are had, overjoyed that he did not buy them for sure. Oh, I mean, the team would be in St. Louis right now. <laughs> and they'd be called. Yeah, they'd be called the St. Louis uh, classy Trumps. And they, they would be their, their uniforms would be all gold for sure. Um, Yeah. But Michael Jordan is the best basketball player of all time. 
and that's like objectively the case. You know, I have obviously, and we'll discuss this at some point, my my basketball rankings. And I also have the rankings of like 10 other rankers. And MJ is number one on every single list. Number two, immediately there's a disagreement, whether you put Wilt or Kareem or whoever. I, Everybody I, says I MJ is number with, one. Um, I worked with a guy named uh, Elliot Cobb, KLB, at, uh, at NBC. And he, he's called Mr. Stats. And he wrote a book, which because I'm a huge nerd and I, you know, my... In my house, when I was a kid, I had a better uh, sports library than the library near my house, which is a good library. Like, I had more books. Pro- not, I had better books than they did. Like, I had stuff they didn't have. And so I had this book because my dad would, like, every Friday just buy me a sports book. So I had this book, which was his 50 greatest players of all time. And he had Shaq number one. So when I met him, and I hadn't thought about the book, I hadn't seen it in a while. But uh, the first thing I was like, wait. Uh, and I said it respectfully, but I'm like... Do you still think that would you still have Shaq number one today? And he, yeah, he made like a whole case for Shaq, which I know. Where where do you have Shaq on your rankings? I'm a big Shaq guy, and I think the Shaq is underrated historically. People forget how ridiculously dominant he was more dominant than any other player that we've ever seen in his era. So I think the Shaq gets a little underrated. Obviously, number one is insane, but I have Shaq all time at number five. Okay. And as, and as, and as, as an example, you know, I'm looking across all the other rankings I have. Only Slam Magazine, who, who had him at four, and that was in 2011. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has Shaq between like seven and 13. Right. So I think most people underrate Shaq. He was more dominant by far than Tim Duncan, you know, Kobe Bryant, anybody else from our era. But to put him at number one is, is crazy talk, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So Tiger Woods versus Steven Spielberg, an interesting matchup. Tiger, the best of what he does. Spielberg, the best of what he does. Uh, Antonio says Spielberg. I'm on team. Nicholas is better anyway. So he's saying he's the second best golfer. And the second best golfer can't beat our most prolific and successful filmmaker. I mean, most of their impact is really is is in one field. I'm not not knocking anything Steven Spielberg has done outside. Well, did he world. also start the Shoah Foundation? And he's been sort of like the. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he definitely has. I mean, Tiger Woods is a charitable foundation yeah, too. And Tiger um, has also provided riches and, and economic growth to to tons of you know cocktail waitresses around the country. I think. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And honestly, every single player on tour owes Tiger half their salary because if you look at what happened to the the per event sort of uh, you know uh, gross that they would you know the payout for every event. It it went up a zillion fold yeah, since he, he was there. The game. It's probably yeah, going. Sure. It's probably going down now that he's that he's gone. And the sport basically died. Like movies will be fine, just as fine when the day Steven Spielberg is gone. Uh, Tiger Woods has been gone, and golf is in a, a absolute free fall. And golf companies are closing, and it's and it's literally a disaster for golf. It's the it's the sport in this country in the worst yeah. shape uh, of all the big sports. So Steven Spielberg ran the sixteen. Okay, so let's pause for a second. So we've we finished the left half of the bracket. We're down to 24 teams. Half of the Sweet 16 is set. In NCAA... Do you have a name for the 24? No. Uh, the Terrific no, 24. No, I have the that? Terrific 2 is what I also named the final two because, of course, there oh was no name God. for that one either. <laughs> Did you have a lot of imaginary friends when you were <laughs> yeah, I had a whole imaginary uh, league. Oh, my God. All right. I don't want to hear um, okay. okay, so... It's a miracle you're married. In NCAA terms, it's Saturday <laughs> night. We've just seen half the teams play their way in the Sweet 16. And now we cut to, uh, to Kenny yeah. and Chuck in the studio. And, and they're talking yes. about, so, you know, how did the day go? And they're going to say, this was a very boring day. We had eight games. Sure. We had nothing go to overtime. We had no arguments. Nothing Our listeners are pissed. Yeah, it's eight double-digit yeah. wins for sure. Our listeners are probably yeah. tuned out. But, you know, much like the <laughs> tournament, people want to see buzzer beaters. People want to see us yelling at each other, screaming, arguing with each other. 
And um, so, no, but we, we, we're not going to do it artificially. It depends on the matchups that we had. a Yeah, no. Yeah, we're not. This is not this is not first take where it's like we're Mike and Mike where they're not allowed to pick the okay, same. So game. let's turn to Sunday's you know? matchups now. You know, let's see the final uh, eight matchups to see the final eight spots in the Sweet 16. And let's see if we can get any better matchups. Uh, and we're going to start with Bob okay. Dylan against George W. Bush. Okay. Antonio called Bob Dylan, our greatest living poet, and maybe one of a handful of writers that'll be uh, living writers will be studying and discussed hundreds of years from now. Obviously, the book on George W. Bush is uh, Decision Points. No, the Bush on <laughs> w, George W. Bush is, uh, is uh, you know, well-known. You know, the only way you could make a case for, for W here is if you're saying that, like, a president basically has to beat a singer. But clearly, that's not what we're saying. We already eliminated one president in Jimmy Carter, and I think I'm happy to eliminate George W. Bush here. Uh, Bob Dylan, you know, he was just in the news a tiny bit this week. He's coming out with a new album, which I think is like 47th album or something like that. And he's not on a day-to-day basis relevant considering how famous he is. You don't see he's not like Paul McCartney where he's hanging yeah, out with Lauren Michaels he's more, he's and he's showing up, but that's not guy. his thing. Yeah, he's not like a, a sure. hobnobber and a partier. Yeah. And I agree with you. Uh, Dylan's going to advance here. But again, I'm biased because he's a, he's a Jew from Minnesota. Okay. Next matchup, Muhammad Ali against Howard Stern. Next. Yeah. E- easy Ali. win here. So, yeah, still uh, no, no, no tight matchups here. In this. I'm going to say right now, Bob Dylan, Muhammad Ali is going to be interesting. All right. Well, we'll have to wait until next weekend to get to that okay. one. Okay. Colin Powell versus next week. You don't. We're not going past. No, six, I'm, we're not I'm saying in NCAA tournament 16. terms, right? You have your Sweet Sixteen okay, set fine. on Sunday, and then you wait till Thursday. I'm not sure. I'm getting bored of you, so maybe we'll stop after this round, and we'll we'll do like one round a week. I'm, yeah, I'm not we'll so see sure. what happens. All right, next matchup. Okay, Colin Powell versus Tony Morris. So I will I will give you a hint here. I had sort of gone through on on the bracket Excel spreadsheet, and I had already entered everybody into the next round. The only two who I didn't enter, the only sort of the toughest matchups, I think, are the two matchups in this mini bracket, this game and the next game. This is a really tough one. So I want to hear your take first. Yeah. And this is tough because I don't. OK, so I don't think um, that either of them should would be locks for the Sweet 16. You know, if we were just picking the 16 best, neither of them would neither of them would make it, I don't think. Um, now, again, I've mentioned, you know, the, the you know, beloved is probably going to be more impactful than anything Colin Powell did. Um, Antonio felt that Tony Morrison should make it. Powell's a cultural icon, to be sure, but he's going to be saddled with those nasty WMD issues, legacy was. By the way, do you know how, it, like, and you know I'm very anti-conspiracy theorist, but, you know, people who think that, like, George Bush was in on anything, uh, I'm sure this point's been made a thousand times, but, like, if he was smart enough to do that, wouldn't he have planted some fake WMDs or planted just some WMDs just so it yeah. wouldn't be a huge yeah, stand on his legacy? yeah. Like he should have done that anyway. Like I'm anti yeah, those things. You, like yeah, but he should have done that. Can't just not look like a conspiracy theorist on like the logic and the merits because that's. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, of course not. But I he still should have. He still should have planted some. Anyway, I got Tony. All right, Morrison. I got to vote for Colin Powell. I, I, here, here's okay, the thing. Interesting. Tony Morrison, perhaps our greatest author. You know, very influential cultural figure. Remember. So what's Colin Powell? She, the was, best she was the one who called Bill Clinton our first black president. Right. That mm-hmm. that was you know she sort yeah. of coined that term. Uh huh. Here's the thing. We're not a nation of readers. This is the greatest living American. Americans don't read. You know, we, we go we go to war. Colin Powell, he, he's 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 a war hero. You know, he, he's he's the only general on this list. He was he was a war hero. And you said what he's the, what's he the best at? He's probably our greatest general or, or soldier other than Schwarzkopf. Is Schwarzkopf still alive? Uh, no, no I don't otherwise, so. yeah, he would have been in this probably. I had the, pro- the problem is every war general has like some ridiculous blunder on their hands. That I couldn't. Okay, and, and uh, Mike, no, he and was Mike, dead. I did. We, we were going to yeah, add on him. Yeah, I was going to add him. He, he's dead. Yeah, and Michael Jordan missed a lot of game-winning shots. Also, nobody's perfect. Okay, so t- the case for Toni Morrison: she won a Nobel Prize, she won a Pulitzer Prize, she won an American Book Award. She's not just a one-hit wonder. She has a Presidential Medal of Freedom. Okay, 
Uh, Colin Powell, again, I think that Colin Powell could have been president if he had wanted to be. That's mm -hmm. an argument in his favor. He was, as we said, he was the first black member of the Joint Chiefs. He was the first, I think, probably uh, black secretary of state. He really, he, he transcends party. He transcends race. He transcends politics. Uh, I think both of, both of these people, you know, you said neither one belongs in the Sweet 16. I think both of these people will, will still be, you know, will have a good name recognition 50 years from now. Oh, yeah, that's true. But okay. I just, I just think, look, again, like. Neither of them are a contender it, it, to win. It, I think we're both okay, sure. If you that. identify sort of America by what America is most known for, I'm voting for Colin Powell over Tony mm -hmm. Morrison. Uh, okay. Uh, Tony Morrison, she's on the editorial board of The Nation. <laughs> yeah, that's what I feel about The Nation also. No, we're leaving that in. No, definitely do not. <laughs> uh, okay. Tony Morrison is on the editorial board of The Nation that employs uh, Dave Zirian, who's a huge loser. And <laughs> oh, shots so for fired. that, I put I, – I, I, you hate him also. Uh, you know, I'm doing this because I'm not going to – it's not a hill I'm willing to die on the Tony Morrison. Oh wow, Colin so. Powell advancing. Okay, so how do I how do I mark this on the sheet? I'm gonna mark this as a as let's say a five to four. The other ones I have is two nothing. So I don't know. I, we, well, we're we're doing a basketball theme. So this is like eighty one. Did we go to 80. one overtime or two? I think we only went to one. You can see it pretty quickly. One overtime. Right. Yeah, yeah. This was I, right, I, I so was Powell, here. Powell advances over Morrison. Uh, not much of an argument. Akiva caved a little too early. Next one, Tom Hanks versus Bill Clinton, the two giants of the 90s. Yeah, I mean, I love Tom Hanks, and there are people I think he could beat, but to me, this is a no-brainer. Bill Clinton, iconic guy. Again, great doesn't just mean, like, the best, you know, for him to have the scandal in office. And uh, there is a very good chance, probably better than 50% chance, that he's going from POTUS to, uh, I don't even first know what gentleman, call it. First gentleman, I think is what they've said. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the first dude, Fag I think. But I so to me, that's really fascinating. And by the um, way, Hillary, he, make, he makes Hillary a lot of money. Hillary first round matchup. Very unfair to Hillary because. Very unfair. Hillary would have beaten yeah, most Hillary of these probably, people, especially since we're sort of like working with the knowledge again, because as we said in January, if she's the first female president, she's in the final four, probably. Yeah, automatically. it's it's yeah, that was a really tough matchup for her. If we do. We should have given her like Leon Letterman or somebody, <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> we should have done Hillary versus Trump. Well, we're waiting for November to get that opportunity. We'll, we'll vote on that, and we will let all the fans vote for that as well. Oh, well, if they're American citizens over the age of 18 who haven't been convicted of a crime. Um, and a registered vote. Okay, so now we're going to uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson versus Al Gore. Probably uh, two of the biggest popularizers of science in the aughts. Uh, Al Gore, sort mm -hmm. of the, the one who sort of helped, you know, popularize global warming. He also obviously was, you know, fundamental in the creation of the Internet. Whether or not he invented it, of course, is an is a argument for another day. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, as we said, if we were doing like the greatest scientists, I don't think he'd even appear on the top 50. But but his. Yeah, which is why I think which is why I think Gore has okay, to make yeah. it. So Neil deGrasse Tyson, really, his his biggest value is popularizing science. But Gore popularizes science, plus does a bunch of other stuff. And obviously, you know, the only the only person to ever win a presidential election and yet not become president for, uh, you know, various reasons, some of which we can uh, credit to Sandra O'Connor, who he is also going into the 2016 with. OK, so now we have John Glenn versus Clint Eastwood. To me, this is probably the weakest matchup in the second round. This is like an 11 versus a uh, a 14. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, I should add, uh, Antonio had uh, a different take than us. He said that Neil deGrasse Tyson should have won. Popularizing science and making science cool, regardless of race, is a major, major deal because it's so lacking from society and so few people do it well. Agreed. That he's a minority and doing that having grown up in the Bronx make me feel like his achievements will probably never get their due, much like Al Gore never getting credit for a few votes he cast to help fund the projects that made the World Wide Web more connected. Actually, it's not like that because casting a few votes is not investing the internet. Sorry, Al. I agree. Like we said last week, if Al Gore invented the internet, he'd be number one. We're really high on this list. We're not giving him credit for that. Uh, but to me, it's 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 more of a case against Neil deGrasse Tyson that I, I I'm not you're not nobody's convincing me that he is 
you know, like the goat scientist or anything. So uh, John Glenn versus Clint Eastwood. I, I, he's clearly inferior to, to Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I'm, so I'm not. I'm not a big star guy. You know, I don't know, really know why Glenn was in here at all. Neither am I. I don't care about science. You science love is like my black. So you're the one I don't care about putting, You wanted in Neil Armstrong was not even alive. Yeah, well, I thought he was alive. If he was alive, yeah. that's a good job, Neil. But all um, right, so John Glenn. No, I, but so I, I really don't care about science. Here? John Glenn, not one of the most. Yeah, you know, the John Glenn Al Gore to the the lead eight. That's like George yeah, Mason. That's what I'm saying. This is like, an, but but that'd be true of Clint Eastwood also. All right, so so now we have what is by far the best matchup in the in the lower right quadrant. I agree, but I also think it's the winner of this heavy, heavy favorite to go to the final four to yeah. make the final four. I agree, okay. but to me, it's not All even. Right, an so argument. let's look. We got a we got two short Jews whose names end in Berg. You know, but both made billions of dollars. Mark Zuckerberg made it through Facebook. You could say he's a one hit wonder, but that one hit has transformed the world in so many ways. You know, th- that one hit was responsible. You could say for you know revolution in Egypt, for example. Bloomberg, uh, you sure. know, a fantastic business person. Obviously, a media mogul, you know, not not as high profile, let's say, as Ted Turner, or Rupert Murdoch, but his business essentially is media. You know, Bloomberg is a media company. Um, he was also a fantastic mayor. He's a guy who, as we said, would probably be a good president. He just doesn't have a political party. Did you read, by the way, his article this week? No, I didn't read what Bloomberg had to say. I wanted him to yeah. run. And so I for Bloomberg sure wrote an op-ed for this week about why he's not running. And he basically said, he said, look, I think I, there's no candidate I love in either party right now. Uh, he criticized both parties for you know what, what he sees as, as their uh, excesses right now in different directions. He said he thinks he could win some states, but he, he definitely could not get to 270, which means it would go to the House of Representatives. And he said, if I were to run for president, the most likely outcome would be that I would guarantee that either Donald Trump or Ted Cruz would become elected. And that's because Republicans hold you know the way that it would go to the House of Representatives. It's one vote for each state and whichever party has more representatives for that state. And- right. But he's not – I think he's overestimating – his appeal well, with for, first, well of course and, and, he's overestimating his appeal because every politician is going to overestimate their own personal appeal but the point is that he's that his argument i mean i think the soda stuff might just scare away <laughs> middle america like you better not yeah. take away our sodas <laughs> you could have our guns yeah. before our soda yeah so anyway so he basically said his his the punchline of his article was if i were, if i were to run the most likely outcome would be that either ted cruz or donald trump would become president and that is completely untenable and that can, we can't allow that to happen so he's dropping out of the race uh, I, if, if bloomberg were to run for president he would probably win this one, but you're going to argue for Zuckerberg, and I think I'm going to concede. Although to me, this is a really close matchup. And to me, it has to be a knock against him that the, the absurd third third term. What do you mean that he was the third term mayor of New York? Why is it, that's a knock for him? Yeah, that he changed the no. It, he ch- oh, you mean because he's an evil like? No, because he was so good that he did it, and everybody was okay with it. Look, FDR also the people weren't okay with it. He hoodwinked the ten people he needed to hoodwink. Well, and people weren't okay with it. Successor. So why did he win the election in a landslide? His appointed successor. He, oh, okay, he faced against literally nobody was nobody good was willing. But why to was face that? Him. Because he was he so faced such, like but, he faced like he faced like a janitor in in like uh, in, a, in elementary school, and he beat him fifty five percent to forty five percent, or yeah, even less. I, I know, uh, yeah, he, bar- he didn't even beat him by a lot. You know how much he spent, and you know that you know he he out, he out, I think he outspent the guy like sixty nine million to one million or something like that. Ridiculous. All right. Yeah. I, I, I like it was a repeat. The fact that he didn't that he only won by a couple points was a repudiation against. Bloomberg. Well, I also frankly, and I think, look, there's always a little fatigue after two terms. There's he's no a, there. By the way, there's go. no fear that he would do. There's no fear he would do a third term as president because he'd be like 92. <laughs> so I think Well, also uh, we have a constitution that okay. prevents that. 
Would you have voted against FDR because in 1942 for the same reason? And I've seen Hamilton, so I know that Alexander Hamilton wrote, wrote yeah. that constitution. Would you what? have voted against FDR in 1940 for the same reason? Oh, no third terms. Would you have been like the, the guy who tried to assassinate TR when he was running in the Bull Moose Party in 1912 was because he was against the guy running for a third term? I don't know. I'd have to go back. I can't, I can't speak yeah, in so, hypotheticals. Uh, <laughs> I'm only in reality here. Yeah. Big, big tournaments amongst people. <laughs> all right. So you're hardcore against third termers. Um, all right, so we'll put Zuckerberg ahead here, and um, and who is Zuckerberg going to match up against? It's either Ellie was, you were you were anti. It's Eli Wiesel versus Madonna, and you were anti Eli Wiesel. Making it that far, I feel like we showed him some respect by yeah. putting him in thirty two. But culturally, I think it has to be Madonna. Yeah. She's a more famous Jew, even though she's not one. All right, okay, so now we have our Sweet Sixteen. Uh, the podcast has been going on for a little under an hour so far, depending on how much of this I have to edit out. So why don't we jump in and uh, and, and and swoop into the Elite Eight, and uh, we'll see what happens. And we'll see. You know, that was a very lame round. Uh, no good matchups. The only one where we even had a mild disagreement was Colin Powell against Toni Morrison, and uh, and you folded uh, rather pathetically in that one, if I may say so myself. So let's uh, let's jump into the Sweet Sixteen, and uh, why don't we start in a different bracket, in a different quadrant this time? Keep things interesting. Where do you want to start? No, I want to start at the top. I, I'm, I'm like, uh, I like you're very linear. More. All right. Does it, this is, does this it annoy you in the tournament that they don't do? Like they don't, you know, for example, the Elite Eight is a couple of teams from each bracket or the Sweet 16. You know what I mean? It uh, because I used to mark the when I ran into I mean, still run into by hand pool, but it was annoying, um, but not by yeah. hand anymore. And when I did by hand, I liked when they would have like, you know, one bracket, you know, it didn't care. I didn't care if it was like yeah. left and right. But but it's very hard to mark all yeah, over but the but they, thing. But they don't do it. But, but also they don't do after it you've done a few. No, well, now they did it much uh, more back then. Maybe that, now, maybe now that they'll was split why, up. They knew... Now they do pods of four, and back then they did yeah. pods of eight. But this yeah. is not interesting to anybody. So, George H. W. Bush uh, versus Sandra Day O'Connor. Uh, I think this is an obvious uh, win for. So Ronald Reagan's two highest profile selections, right? He selected Bush yeah. in nineteen eighty, and he yeah. selected O'Connor in what was it eighty five? And his third highest profile selection just died. R.I.P. Oh, <laughs> too soon. Not going to her funeral either. Deal with it. <laughs> Is that a mistake? Should the president go to a funeral? No, because no sitting president ever goes to the to the funeral of a former first lady. The the sitting first lady does traditionally. Like, oh, is she going? Yeah, she is going. Um, like, uh, okay, Lady, so Lady Bird Johnson died, and so um, George Bush's wife went. Like, I saw a chart. I didn't know that. Like, okay. no, no sitting president goes to a a, a former first lady's funeral. Okay. I, but is that is that a controversy? I don't know why. News? I feel like that's a dumb. That's like a dumb sort of. Well, tradition. it's not a rule or tradition. Just like he's got a lot of shit to do, and like you know, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what his schedule is this week. Okay, um, you don't know his schedule. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, so uh, you're gonna say this is a Titanic match. You're gonna say San- next, you're gonna say so. Sandra Day O'Connor uh, in a yeah. walk here. Yeah, in a walk. Right. I mean, listen, not not as big of a walk as as you know some other matchups we've had, but I, I feel like ultimately the winner should be Sandra Day O'Connor. Yeah. See, you know, we said, you know, even today, George Bush getting more credit even uh, than, uh, than he previously did. You have to give him credit for the fact his son was also the president. I mean, that's, that's like huge. We've had one other father, son president, but that was 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's in, and also like they were only present eight years apart, which is kind of crazy. Now you could say that fine. The knock against, against any Supreme court justice is it, one person decided that they have the job and then they're, they're there for life, whether they're good or bad. So, yes, she it is an incredible accomplishment that Ronald Reagan chose her to be the first female Supreme Court justice. But but she but, wasn't just but she was also, you know, a very influential member of the court, because, as we said, she, oh, she no, was of course, she was of the I'm just saying in general, yeah. just being on the Supreme Court, the fact that she was just the first, you know, just the same as if Obama was the worst president ever. You know, it, it would be it would be still good for his legacy that he was the first African-American president, but that wouldn't, you know, in a bracket like this help him. But uh, for SDOC, I feel like. She was an important. Well, you're really justice. big on that SDOC thing. I like it. I've just never yeah, heard yeah. it before. 
I've heard like obviously notorious RBG for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. By the way, Ruth Bader yeah. Ginsburg not on this bracket. A lot of people upset about that. Yeah, it was too many. Yeah, too justices. many justices. It's hard, they're hard to really yeah. uh, All right. analyze. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll I'll, I'll cave to you. I'll, I'll say uh, Shelby okay. O'Connor. Okay, Bill Gates versus Oprah Winfrey. All right, yeah, this is the Titanic matchup. These are probably two of this the. Is. These were two early favorites for the final four, but you know that's how the bracket. You know that's just how things worked out. Well, let me ask you a question. Facing way too early. Yeah. If Bill Gates ended up as the greatest living American, would I be okay with that? Absolutely. Would you be okay? If Oprah, if Oprah Winfrey, yeah, I just listened to a podcast interview with Bill Gates actually this morning. Oh, Ezra really? Klein was interviewing. Do him. you think I could get him on the Seinfeld show? Um, if you promise to like, he goes on Reddit. If you promise he does to AMA's donate like a hundred million dollars to like malaria or something like that. We give we give a hundred couple hundred bucks to uh, Jerry Seinfeld's wife's charity. No, you don't. Someone count? else does because of your loquaciousness. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I think that uh, I would not be okay with Oprah winning the Greatest Living American at this point. You know, even though I love, I Oprah. don't know why Oprah is so big and so famous, and why she's been for so long. You know, I, like, um, did you used to watch Married with Children? I mean, I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. So one of the running jokes of Married with Children was like that Oprah Winfrey was a god to the mom in that show. Now, also, I think that show was based in Chicago, which is where Oprah got her start in the eighties. Uh huh. Yeah. Look, I'm not a daytime talk guy. You know, uh, aside from the fact that you think I love Ellen for some reason, um, I really, I. I'm going to vote for Bill Gates here, but this is just a, this is a really tough matchup. I think these are the two of the final four, and it's it's a raw deal for Oprah to to, to get matched up with Bill Gates here. How are you voting? I agree, oh, raw wow. deal. I I think uh, Oprah could have beaten a lot of people in the bottom half. She could have, you know, her against Zuckerberg even would have been interesting. Her against anybody else in the bottom half, she's winning. She gets a really raw deal here, uh, but I think that uh, Gates is just a lock at this point. And again, she like she left her show, and yes, she has a channel, but. You know, how many people watch that channel? She gets a lot of credit for the book club, as Antonio points out. Uh, you know, she really uh, made reading cool, especially amongst the female population, which I feel like, and I don't have any stats for this, that women are bigger readers at this point in America than men. I think they're bigger book buyers, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do think, so, you know, she's, she's a very important person, uh, but uh, Bill Gates uh, is, you know, is going to have to. All right, so uh, pour one out for Oprah. She's definitely the uh, the biggest contender to lose so far. Sure, yeah. sure. Now we have Magic Johnson versus Barack Obama. And the winner and I feel could like, face Michael yeah. Jordan. So Magic and Michael with potentially a, 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 a scintillating matchup to go into the Final Four. Yeah, but it's not happening. I feel like Magic, it's great that Magic made the Sweet 16, but he's not even the best basketball player left in the bracket, and he's a basketball and player. And by the way, Obama so, is just marching through this tournament, knocking out his supporters, right? Jimmy Carter, Warren Buffett, Magic Johnson, um, all, all you know, supporters of Barack Obama. Uh, you know, rather public supporters of Barack Obama. Carter yeah. Carter's actually the only one who's not, but I mean, I assume he, he is. But, you know, Buffett and Magic, who obviously have been, you know, much higher profile in their support for him. And Obama's just so eliminating... Are the, you fine with Obama winning here? Yeah, of course. Against Magic Johnson? Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, Michael Jordan versus Steven Spielberg. This is a great matchup. The greatest basketball great player. The greatest movie maker. Great matchup here. It is. It, um... To me, like, is Steven Spielberg, he's the most successful filmmaker. And Michael Jordan's the most successful basketball player. But Michael Unless, Jordan well, if you define success merely as winning titles, you know, you'd say Bill Russell. But yeah. Okay, but I, I don't. Uh, okay. Now, Steven Spielberg, is he the greatest director of all time? I don't think he'd generally be considered that. No. But again, it's th- that's I, I not as I don't think any a, movie critic would ever say Steven Spielberg is the best director of all time. But uh, you know, would we say, is he the most influential director of the last 40 years? You know, one of the criticisms of the Oscars frequently, and they've, they've remedied this a little bit in the last couple of years, is the fact that they don't give enough to 
you know, to, to the popularity of movies, to the box office of movies, that when movies that made $11 million winning the Oscar over a movie that made $300 million, you know, that's a mistake because it's an entertainment industry and it's, you're entertaining the masses. Spielberg entertains the masses but also makes excellent films. He's covered really every genre. Obviously, you know, comedy, action, science fiction, history. Um, you know, I, I'm a nerd, but, like, I watch Lincoln, like, four times, and I love that movie. Okay. You know? All right, let's, let's go through his movies quickly. Jaws. If you, Close if, Encounters if, of the Third if Kind. If you don't think that I have a Steven Spielberg movie ranking chart, then you are grossly mistaken, because I do. Okay. Jaws, Close Encounters, which I've never seen. You've seen that movie? No. But I'm not a science oh, really? fiction guy. But I, so I, how I, do you have that ranked? I've seen Jaws. How do you have that movie ranked? I, so I have movie rankings for a bunch of directors. Hold on. I'm opening up my best mm-hmm. director's chart. Hold on. Dun, 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 Give dun, me his dun. top ten movies. All right. So here we go. Um, oh, so here's my ranking of greatest directors. Oh, by the way, Martin Scorsese, how did he not make our list? Too many directors. Okay, so here we have Spielberg. He's, um, and this is old. This is a couple of years ago, so it doesn't have, for example, um, Bridge of Spies. But I have Spielberg having made 27 films at this point. He, had, uh, he was nominated six times for Best Director, won twice, six times for Best uh, Film, and won once. His average on Metacritic is a 70. His average on Rotten Tomatoes is a 78. So, yeah. So, you skip Sugarland Express. But Jaws, which is, you know, fa- you know, has 100 on Rotten Tomatoes, for example. So, we'll let, let, but let's just go through his, his big movies. Jaws, Close Encounters. I'm um, skipping the smaller ones. Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Indiana Jones, The Color Purple, another Indiana Jones. Hook, which I actually really liked, even though Rotten Tomatoes hates it. It was a great kids movie, I thought. Jurassic Park. Schindler, I mean, listen to what he does in the 90s. Jurassic Park, Schindler's List. Both in the same year. He made those both at the same time. That's, that is that's crazy. insane. <laughs> that's a lot of range also. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan. And the crossover movie was nuts. Yeah. It was bananas. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, AI Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can, which is a very, very entertaining movie. A really good I like movie. that movie. I like yeah. that. It's almost like below. It's not the type of movie that he would have done before that. I mean, The Terminal is like a stain on his legacy. Well, this is when he's into the Tom Hanks area. Yeah. You hate Munich. Yeah. Now he, oh, I no, mean, I, all these I, movies I, get Munich's worse. a very entertaining movie, I think. I thought you were anti-Munich. No, I really like M- Munich. There's also that great scene in Knock Up where they talk about Munich. Remember that scene? Uh-huh. Where they're in the yes. club? Yeah. Um, then another Indiana Jones came and went, whatever. Adventures of Tintin, which I actually saw in theaters. Eh. Uh, War Horse, which was nominated, but this, this is the point where I think he's nominated for everything. And then, and then Lincoln. Yeah, anything he does yeah. is nominated. Lincoln, which is, I said, I love. I mean, that's just dynamite, you know. MJ has like six Bridge titles. Spies? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I did like Bridge of Spies. As I said. Uh, MJ has six titles. He has one. He's only, his movies have only won Best Picture once, right? Yeah, but nobody, you know, nobody's winning Best Picture year after year after year just because of the way, you know. Okay, I, I'm not anti-Spielberg at all, but to me and Spielberg, you both their legacies are mostly, you know, he could make one more great movie. but One more. He could make another old. 10 great movies. He's, he's coming sure, up with every year. He's turning 70. Here's, yeah, he, he, uh, he, he, his, he's been dominant from the 70s for 40 years, right? As we said, he, he was making Jaws mm-hmm. in 1974. Right. Um so he's been 40 years at the top of his game. Now, it's unfair because a basketball player doesn't have that. But Michael Jordan, again, his post-career really flags when you compare it to, to Magic, will for there example. Be, will there be another Spielberg or Jordan first? Neither of them are irreplaceable. Like, uh, there could be another Jordan and there could be another Spielberg. I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, he also has, like, he just has the breadth of what he does. Like, he, he's made so well, many so here's movies. The thing. LeBron a lot is, of LeBron the top filmmakers so, don't make yeah, that LeBron many. is so good. But Michael Jordan was such a huge culture icon. Michael Jordan was responsible for basketball going around the globe. But again, the thing is, the thing to me, right? He was able to stay babyface his entire career, where LeBron hasn't even come close to doing that. Yeah, but to me, the biggest thing for Michael Jordan is post forty, he's done nothing. And like, let's say, where do you see Michael Jordan going for the next thirty years? 
because I really don't see a lot of good things from him. At, at, his post-playing career has not been great. He's the subject of a bunch of negative memes when he cries or when you know some stupid teenager says, what are those about his shoes? Um, you know, his team sucks. He's, you know, again, Magic has such a great post-playing career. So many other guys do. Michael Jordan was the one who famously said, you know, Republicans buy shoes too. He never took a stance on any sort of important cultural or social issues, you know, the Mm -hmm. way that Spielberg obviously has both in his films and also more explicitly. This is a really tough one. I th- Michael Jordan's better in his industry than Steven Spielberg. Yeah, is. well, that's I that's agree my with argument. That. But and, but and who's a greater like, who's the, a greater American? I'm going to vote for Spielberg. I mean, I'm going to start off by saying Michael Jordan because ultimately he's the best basketball player. Spielberg is not the best director. By the way, wouldn't you love to see this on a Twitter poll? Michael Jordan versus Steven Spielberg. This is no. I would love no, to I see what care. I would love to see what people think about this. I wouldn't care at all. I, I want to know what critics, where critics would rank you know, the, the greatest director. Well, so critics don't love Spielberg again because they're, they have sticks up their asses and they don't like a guy whose movies all make you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay, so AMC did a poll, the 50 greatest directors of yeah, all I time. Yeah, I know. I know. He's number four on that list. He, that's, that's, part, no. that's part of my chart. No, no, AMC's poll, he's not in the 50. What you, wait, hold on a second. He's checkmate. He's not in the 50. And oh, man. Clint Eastwood's 49. We really – Clint Eastwood should not have made it this far. I don't even know. No, I'm looking. Is. AMC's greatest 50 directors. One, Hitchcock. Two, Kubrick. It's a fan poll. It's a fan poll. He's not in the top. One, three. Hitchcock. Two, Kubrick. Three, Scorsese. Four, Spielberg. Five, Coppola. What are you talking about? Uh, mine is – this was a fan vote. It, like you could vote them up or down. He didn't make the top 50. Okay. So uh, so maybe I'm looking at the, the chart that the AMC made and then fans voted on that or something. I don't know. But that's – anyways. Okay. They have Spielberg four. They have Scorsese okay, ahead of the them. The Guardian, though. greatest living director. I'm at 21. 22. 23. I don't see his name. Spike Jones, 25. Michael Moore, 28. But that's the point. If you have Spike Jones and Michael Moore ahead of Steven Spielberg, your list is invalidated. And that's my point. Critics. But the idea that you could make a list of 40 people and not have him on it, that he, he he's not worthy of being, you know, this far down the list. See, you know, see, this is, see, this is me, where the big boys I'm, hang out. I'm judging the list. I'm judging the person who makes that list. Now, the question – now, the, here's the thing. The fact that the, the AMC list that I'm looking at has Martin Scorsese one spot ahead of Spielberg. That's a pretty big criticism, I think, right? That, that maybe in his own era yes. – And Scorsese, yes. of course, that, never that maybe won. Maybe Marty yeah. should be here. Scors- well, Scorsese never won until The Departed, which you know, people agree was sort of more of a lifetime achievement. Sort of like Leo that he you – know, Okay, EW, which is a pretty vanilla parv, as our people would say yeah. – Sort of, you know, who, who's way more likely to have a guy like Spielberg higher than a more snooty pole has him as 11. Behind Fellini, Capra, Ingrid Bergman, Buster Keaton, Kurosawa, Scorsese, Howard Hawks, whoever that guy is, uh, Hitchcock, Orson Welles, and John Ford. So, not the greatest living director, 11th of all time. To me, put it in the books, no brainer. Michael Jordan's number one, Spielberg's not number one. He can't go further than this right now. I don't know. We I have to respect the list. Again, I'm saying Michael Jordan better in his field than Steven Spielberg. I'm conceding that point. Beyond the field, who's the greatest – who's a greater American? Who's a – you know, I still think it's Spielberg. And also we talked about like if, cultural – If impact. I said Michael, Michael Jordan, Jordan is the Steven over. Spielberg of basketball players, would you be like, that's a normal thing to say? No, and, and I actually have a funny story for that because it, it sort of combines Harvard hubris with New York City. Wait, can I make a prediction? Yeah. It's not, not going to be funny. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, okay, don't but, tell it. But okay, no, no, but this is just this is an, no because this is another good example of people making ridiculous comparisons that says more about the comparison maker than the person. So at my orientation, 
to law school. Uh, you know, now I'm going to sound like an asshole, but uh, you know, I went to a tiny school outside of Boston. So, ju- uh, oh, Dean jerk. Kagan, who's now Supreme Court Justice Kagan, of course. Oh it, my God! It, so at, many names are going to be drawn at, at orientation. She said Harvard Law School is the New York City of law schools, and it was such a fantastic thing she said because that only works if you're such an arrogant New York hubris. <laughs> oh, you know, I love it. Yeah, because like to most people, like to my wife, and she's from New York, right? Yeah, obviously, that's the point. My, and what did your buddy Sonia say? Was she like, hell yeah? Well, Sonia wasn't there. Sonia was a judge. Oh, Sonia was there. She was a okay. judge in New York at the time. But um, okay. but my wife, who hates New York, even though this is where she lives and this is where her two children have been born, my wife was like so apoplectic when I told her that story because my wife's response, which I think most people who aren't from New York's response, would be you could and say she's from Florida, which is literally garbage. No, she's she she's from, she's from Michigan, but. Um, oh, okay. But my wife said, like, and I think most people would say, you can say so many better things about Harvard than it's – like, New York would like to say sure. we're the Harvard of you cities. You could be like, like 42 of the 43 presidents went here. Yeah, you know, We have exactly. 8,000 Nobel Prizes. But the, point, but the reason I loved it is because it was so it was so New York yeah, City like Harvard that. hubris. It was so like – Shout out yeah. shout out to your buddy Elena. Yeah. She, she actually is my buddy. I, I got a bad grade in something. And uh, I sent her an email about it because she would like encourage us to do that. And she emailed me back immediately within five minutes. And she told me like some of her grades her first year, some of which uh, were quite poor as well. So, I mean, everybody, everybody, uh, you know, not to get too inside Harvard baseball here, but everybody at Harvard loved her right wing, left wing teachers, professors, students. I mean, everybody. How many of the nine Supreme Court justices do you have a relationship with? I don't have a relationship with her, but, you know, she's the only one with whom I've ever had a conversation. Would she know who you were if she met you on the street? Absolutely not. Okay. Are you kidding? Like she's had thousands of students, but I'm just saying. Like, oh, okay, fine. she's she she was insanely loved on that campus. Everybody loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so many names drops. Yeah, <laughs> you're the one who's trying to imply out. You're like, oh, you have a personal. I don't have a personal relationship with her. Yeah, but oh my god. Okay, she once sent me an email. That's true. Okay, um, okay. So, I'm trying to remember who's oh. the most famous person in your phone? Akiva Wienerker. <laughs> besides me i don't know um okay michael uh you know who it used to be actually it used to be robbie <laughs> no it used to be wally Zer- Before he deleted his number when he said it used it. to be wally zerbiak i got his number somehow i don't even remember how and I just mm-hmm. thought it was really funny to have his number in my phone. Because so, this was also in like the early aughts before smartphones when there wasn't a lot to do. And so people would like scroll through other people's like like phone contacts sometimes. It's like a thing to do. Uh-huh. And so I, I sure. just thought it would be funny for people to say like, Wally Zerbiak? <laughs> you um, could just change like some random person to Wally Zerbiak. Yeah, I had an annoying friend uh, who you might have also, Uri Berger. What did he do? He used to. This is the, during our year, our post high school uh, year, um, where one, and he's not a guy who drank a lot. But one night he got drunk and, and went into my phone and changed all my contacts. That's very funny. It was very annoying. So like he changed himself to like best guy ever or something. But like a few days later, yeah, funny. a few guys later, I was trying to text him and I couldn't find him and I had to scroll through yeah, the. Inter- and you were not looking on the best guy ever because it's not. <laughs> but I ended up having to scroll alphabetically okay. through every single person to find him because I was like, where the hell is it? And yeah. I was, anyways, yeah. Sure. Okay, we really got off on a tangent here. So Michael Jordan versus Steven Spielberg. Um, yeah. All right, I'll cave. Whatever, Michael Jordan. No, because uh, I'm right. I'm saying this I, and one, I wasn't this giving one, up. This there. one went to two overtimes. I can't wait till Michael Jordan gets the gets uh, the crap beat out of him in the Elite Eight. All right, Bob Dylan versus Muhammad Ali. No oh boy, another Titanic matchup. I'm going to preemptively concede here. Uh, you know, I want it to be Dylan, but Muhammad Ali's cultural impact massive. Yeah, I, for whatever reason, Ali has aged, and I really don't like that the family parades him out now. He should not be seen in public anymore. I don't think. Uh, you know, the, 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 it's hard, it's, incredibly, har- it's Harper Lee-ish. Yes. Even worse. The incredibly thirsty Miami Marlins ownership. Some of the worst people in the country are, you know, they, they like paid him to basically to show up at the, uh, I assume they paid him to show up at the opening day of the Marlins park 
which was the last relevant day at the Marlins Park <laughs> at their baseball stadium yeah. that they that they brag about hoodwinking the Floridian did they you know the South Florida residents did they even, to, did uh, they even sell out with Muhammad Ali there probably not yeah. when when the president of the team went on Survivor in his like claim the fame on his like bio on the website said like he essentially said like hoodwinking the stupid <laughs> residents of South Florida that was literally go look now he doesn't call them stupid but that's his claim to fame that they tricked the South Florida residents into into you know spending their own tax money that they don't have to be fair buying, South you know, Florida residents nobody are probably the dumbest residents we have right uh, no uh, I, I, they're only rivaled by North Florida North Florida is much dumber than South Florida See, these are the things you can't say on your Seinfeld podcast because Rob has a uh, you know a constituency to a uh... yeah. There's probably someone who lives in Florida, yeah. <laughs> but I but I also no, we I do have, have I... remember our Miami Dolphins fan in the preseason. Every time we'd bash Florida, he'd get upset. Wasn't yeah, he? I don't think he's still listening. Yeah. I think he probably gave up on this. But I do think yeah, South Florida is is terrible, but North Florida is like that's where Casey Anthony is. You know, yeah, that's no. That's... I, I think it's really Central Florida. That's the meat on the Central bones. Florida. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Central Florida. Because uh, yeah, then you get there near the good times. people of Georgia when you get up north. By the way, can I say quite proudly, we had no Floridians on our list of greatest living Americans of the 68. No, I mean, it would be impossible. I what? considered Casey Anthony, and I also considered that astronaut lady who like wore a diaper yeah. and go beat up. The- <laughs> How large would we have had to expand this tournament to find somebody who lived in Florida? Like, like 500? I would not have a allowed thousand? it had I known. 1,000? I would not have allowed it. That's that- I mean, LeBron. No, LeBron w- would have been on. But he's not from Florida. Yeah, and he, he moved back to Cleveland. Like Cleveland, Cleveland is like the worst city in America, and LeBron moved back there. <laughs> That's how bad Florida I think, is. I, I I wrote like you don't I don't know if you know how Survivor works, but I wrote like if all fifty states played played a, a season of Survivor, yeah, then Florida would be voted out. Like they wouldn't even wait for the vote; they would just like. He would be like, "All right, the game's starting." Like everyone's like, "Okay, let's yeah. start by voting at Florida, forty-nine to one." Yeah, no one would have a problem with it. By the way, second time in a week that someone mentioned uh, the fifty states having. Do, do you, I'm sure you've seen this, that. I'm sure you've seen this on Deadspin. There's Minnesota hockey hair. It's this ridiculous video this guy makes every every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So but I didn't see. I didn't see. The, I mean, I've seen it like fantastic. It's highly entertaining as it always is. And he talks about you know he's obviously a Minnesota homer, and he talks about if all fifty states had a battle royale, how Minnesota would do, and and he obviously thinks they would do pretty well. But it just in terms of like I don't know how it would work in terms of like who's representing them, but clearly Florida is being voted out first. Yeah, everybody hates Florida. If we could like if we if we could somehow circumcise Florida, like sever it and let it float off into the ocean. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Do you, Do you remember when um, New Jersey was the laughing stock of the United States? Now it's New Jersey's not. It hasn't made its full way up, but I feel like it's just a regular state now, and Florida has really. Uh, yeah, New Jersey's you know. bad, but it can't like I think Florida and Ohio are just the because New Jersey's also self aware. New Jersey's self aware. Well, I don't know. I've, I've met like, a lot of Guidos on the streets of Manhattan who are not aware. I don't about, know if you could but, say that term. I'm not sure. That's oh, I'm not allowed to say that. That only they can say that. It, I don't even think they. Ro- they Rob Cicerino, if you're listening, he's Italian American, right? Yeah. Do, do I have permission to say? Am, am I uh, am I uh, profiling based on his last name? Am I allowed to say yeah. Guido? What if I say it as a term of endearment? Like, I love Guidos. Would you say it in an email I, to Elena Kagan? I love big, dumb, stupid Guidos. <laughs> <laughs> you can't know that. You have to take it out. <laughs> I'm not taking it out. No. Yes. I'm, but no, I'm, what, are we going to lose our sponsors? <laughs> oh, by the way, this week's episode, I forgot to say. This we're, week, we're PC. This week's episode is sponsored by the, uh, the Italian-American Defamation League. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a... Uh... <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> by the way, did you read? There was a biography of Johnny Carson that came out a couple years ago that was written by no, his personal lawyer no. and like close friend. No thanks. Okay, so Chuck Klosterman talked about it on, on a Bill Simmons podcast, and so I bought it. Mm-hmm. Incredible, incredible book. It is. Amazing. By the way, that was the whitest sentence anybody's ever said. <laughs> Chuck Klosterman said it on a Bill Simmons podcast, a book about Johnny Carson. Yeah, written by his lawyer. 
also also Caucasian. Shocker. Um, anyways, it's a really really good book. But my favorite my favorite story in the book, which Closterman said on the podcast, so I knew it was coming. But and by the way, I'm a guy who like I love to spoil myself. For example, like have you watched the Game of Thrones uh, the, the new spoil uh, the new um, trailer that came out? Yeah. And, yes, and, I saw the trailer. And have you right. read the the uh, blogs that that freeze frame? No, no, no. I haven't. I haven't freeze framed. Oh, I don't okay. do that sort of thing. So so I've done it. It's incredible. I'm so excited for the things that are coming. You don't know what's coming, so I won't say. But anyways, no, I have no. I, idea. I love when I know. And I even when I watch it, I won't know what's I, coming. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love when something great. I know it's coming, and it comes, and it's even greater than I expected. So anyways, in this book, well, I'm just going to tell yeah. the story because Closterman said it on the Simmons podcast. So By the way, fantastic. what if George R. R. Martin dropped the book out of nowhere like next week. That would be the biggest book ever, right? Does he show up in Our Greatest Living Americans? No, at because that point, he's he a, no, he's a giant fan. Sports, sports. Oh, yeah, that's true. He's, he's out. out. He's out. That's not allowed. He's out. All right. Goodbye. So let me tell you about this story. This is just a great story. And then we'll get back to our tournament. So Johnny Carson is uh, sort of fooling around with some girlfriend of some mob boss. And so the mob boss gets pissed about it. So Carson thinks that he's that a hit's been put out on him and he's going to be murdered. So he's staying he's staying locked in his room in his in his in his in his apartment in the city because he's literally afraid for his life. And he won't come out. And so his show doesn't play that week because he literally will not leave his house, which is kind of a problem for NBC. <laughs> so NBC finagles. So NBC is kind of screwed because Johnny Carson won't come on TV because he's afraid he's going to get murdered. So what they do is they they and the lawyers describing this in the book, they create a sit down with the head of the mob and the head of the mob agrees as a compromise that he will let Johnny off the hook. If in return, NBC films live on TV nationwide, like the, the coming week or whenever it was the Columbus day parade, which Columbus day, as I'm sure, you know, is sort of Italian American heritage. Why does he care so much about the Italian day parade? Like what well, my thing because would be like, the, because the, uh, I, I need a pilot and it has to go to eight. Because episodes. the mob, created and you know again here i'm, I'm sorry and it's really I'm, yeah i'm sort of defaming italian americans here but the mob sort of created columbus day parade and columbus day as sort of a cultural like i'm sure it was a big thing in the italian american community but making it nationally seen as that was a thing that the mob did because the mob sort of wanted to hype it as a way to sort of profile italian americans in a more positive light i feel like that whole story is apocryphal i'm just saying it's in the book I haven't researched it myself. So anyway, so the point is that this was shown, the parade was shown live on NBC, the entire parade from start to finish. No other channel showed it because this is like 1974. Like nobody else gave a shit about it. Nobody else even knew it existed. And this was on TV from start to finish. And everybody in America turned on their TV and said, oh, there's a parade today in Manhattan of Italian Americans. I wonder why this is on TV. And the reason is because Johnny Carson had fooled around with the mob boss's wife. And in return for putting that on TV, they let Johnny Carson, like they took the hit off him. All right, that is a funny story. It's a great story. Okay, last three matchups quickly. And then I think we're done for the day. This is going okay, too so long. Okay, so we got Colin Powell. The Elite Eight. Colin Powell, like, Bill Clinton. To... Bill Clinton keeps matching up against 90s Titans. He had Tom Hanks. Now he has Colin yeah, Powell. But to me, I feel like just the nature of this matchup means Bill Clinton has to win. Okay. All right. So Bill Clinton into the Sweet 16. Now we got Al Gore. Right. Dude. Do, do, I mean, right. Like Colin Powell, not a president. Bill Clinton. No, no, I agree. Like agree. a decent president. Al Gore versus John Glenn. Look at. What a weak matchup here. Look, I didn't want John Glenn in the tournament at all. So I'm going to say Al Gore. But we said the, the, uh, the Southeastern Quadrant is the weakest one. So yeah. Al Gore advances here. Just like in real, just like in real yeah. life. Yeah, I think Al Gore has to advance, but he's going to lose to All anybody right, Mark, here. I'd even I'd put Madonna over Al Gore, but he's Mark Zuckerberg be. versus Madonna. Of course, it's going to be Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. So we have an elite eight. Our, do you want to? We have Do you want to go to a final four and then save the final four for a podcast? I think we should. We're only at an hour twenty minutes. I don't minutes. think so because there's I. You know what? I don't think we can because I do think Ali Clinton is tough, and I think Obama Jordan Day O'Connor Gay. Like I think they're tough matchups. So we have Sandra Day O'Connor versus Bill Gates. Barack Obama versus Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali versus Bill Clinton, Al Gore versus Mike Zuckerberg, 
to me, let's save it for next. Okay, time. so can we agree the two weakest Elite Eight contestants for sure, Sanjay O'Connor and Al Gore? No, Al Gore is by far the weakest. San- Sanjay O'Connor is... Yeah, yeah, she's seventh. She's seventh. Uh, yeah. uh, and I had a very good idea who was going to win or the final two from the start. And uh, I don't think there's any been, you know, the, who's the best person who's been Oprah, knocked out Oprah, so far? For Oprah, for sure, Oprah. I guess Bob, Bob Dylan probably second. Oprah should be in the final four, no question. Sorry, Oprah. So listen, we, this wasn't seated. So that's our final eight. Uh, any other thoughts? Um, we, we also, uh, you know, since this podcast started, we, we sort of I was batting around on Twitter with a couple of people this idea that I discussed with you. If maybe if we have one more non-sports week in the next few weeks, like the week between the NCAA tournament and the MLB preview, if we ranked like the 43 Hamilton songs from 43 to one, we got rankings from anyone who wanted to submit them. And then we went down. Maybe uh, I'll have you do a little work and play some of the clips. Uh, this is too much. Honestly, uh, it's too much work. Again, I think you're, I think yeah, you're, you're overplaying st- the uh, popularity of Hamilton. And again, I love Hamilton. I feel like people will. I feel like people will listen to it. Uh, you're, you're you're trying to get me to do a lot of work. Um, uh, so I'm, uh, you don't have to play. The, you don't have to play the song. I'm if you lo- want. You could play like two or three songs. No, if we're not playing the songs, no one's going to listen. That's all nobody wants to hear. Nobody wants to listen to us. <laughs> Well, we can't play the whole songs. That'll like, that'll get us booted off or whatever. Yeah. All right. So I'm looking at our final. Unless we sing them. Unless you yeah. and me want I'm to sing I'm looking at the our songs. final eight here. We got two presidents. Yeah. We got we got yeah. a we got a basketball player. We got a we got a we got a, a boxer. boxer. Yep. We got mm-hmm. uh we got Zuckerberg and Gates, the two biggest you know uh, technology guys. We got Al Gore. And yeah. Z- yeah. We got the first female have, Supreme Court have, Justice, and we somehow we have, have Al one Gore. Wo- Ooh, I have no idea. What one woman. Have. Al Gore should have lost to Donald Trump. We got one woman. One Jew. Uh, three African Americans, one Muslim, Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. two if you include Obama, yeah. of course. <laughs> He's joking, guys. Am I? Am I? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I I want. Except now I'm going to ruin it if I say this. I really want people to think that I actually do believe that the man on the moon is faked, because I think like you know I, I want to have some street cred as a guy who actually believes in ridiculous conspiracies. But you but you don't actually believe that. <laughs> See, I'm saying I want to say yes because I want to keep it going. But like of all the conspiracies, and they're all dumb. The only conspiracy that I that I do believe in, or you know, I I don't believe that the JFK assassination was this clean cut. I don't believe that it was simply Lee Harvey Oswald. No, it definitely was. I feel like like history has basically proven that it was all Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, see, I don't agree with that. All the all the conspiracy theories have kind of come and and died. Well, I'm, I'm not anyway, saying I'm not that's saying finally. I don't I'm even know why we're talking about this. Any other individual conspiracy I buy into? Okay, whatever. so yeah, so you're whatevering us already. All right, just 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 yeah, one whatever. more time, so people know. Here's our here's our elite eight. Let us know your opinions. We got Sandra Day O'Connor facing Bill Gates. We have Barack Obama facing Michael Jordan. We have Muhammad Ali facing Bill Clinton, and we have Al Gore facing Mark Zuckerberg. So those are the. It's almost embarrassing that Al Gore is. Boy, still stop there. hating on Al Gore! Come on. I guess we have to. At this point, we have to pretend like we think he invented. Yeah. The um, those are the eight greatest living Americans, in the opinion of uh, Akiva Winokur. Why three and Democratic Chester. presidents? Two. Three Democratic presidents. Two. Or vice yeah, presidents, or yeah. vice presidents, one Democratic Supreme Court justice. What, she was a no, no Sandra Republican Republican. politicians. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. you're right. She was uh, a moderate, no, but... yeah, not not like today's Republicans. Uh, no Republican politicians. Well, Sandra O'Connor was a Republican. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there you go. That's our elite eight. We will discuss it in a future a future podcast next week, though. I think, or maybe we'll never finish it. next. Well, next week I think we're going to preview March Madness, right? Yeah, but we maybe we'll do March Madness, and this is also our March Madness. Maybe we'll knock down from eight to four next week. All right, so. okay, so that's definitely a possibility. We'll tweet out the the brackets so you can see it, but but later in the week, I think, because we want people to consume the podcast first without being spoiled. Yeah, a lot of people complain about spoilers. <laughs> Just kidding, nobody, <laughs> nobody saw. It. All right, so uh, Akiva, uh, I will speak to you next week. Whatever.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.